Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. Today, I'm gonna do something special for you. Why is that? Why today? Because today is the day. What's so special about today? It's National Cheesesteak Day. Cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Have you ever eaten a cheesesteak for breakfast? It'll change your life. Let's start the show. Honey, we're gonna need some Pepto. And I need some Pepto. Good day, everybody. Whiskey Wednesday, Wines Day, Hump Day, National Cheesecake Day. What am I missing? Cheese steak day. Oh, if you want a cheese steak <laughs> and get a cheese cake, you're going to be fucking angry. <laughs> Why don't you put a cheese cake on a cheese steak? Huh? Is this- <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Since you mentioned it, cheesecake is on my mind lately. I've had it three weekends in a row because I found a new place that does it right. Oh, what is it? Okay, so when you say does it right, what does that mean? So cheesecake doesn't need to be the brick that you swallowed and sits in your stomach. It can be a little light, airy, oh, flavorful, yep. fresh. Uh, what the? What is it called? Layla's Cheesecake in Burlington is great. And um, I have a couple of times, and I'm not even afraid to admit it, made my girlfriend go out of her way to bring home that cheesecake on Fridays so that wow. it's there for the weekend. So is it like fluff? Because I know exactly what you're talking about, by the way. It's one of the reasons that I'm not a huge fan of cheesecake is that harsh heaviness of it. So is this like a fluffier version? It's a basically? fluffier, airier version. There's some creative flavors. I mean, you can get it with just like, I don't know, cherries on top or blueberries on top with that shitty drizzle that most places put on. You can get that. But I mean, they have um, different flavors than you typically find. But the problem is they're sold out days in advance. They sell them individually in little jars, like an individual serving, or you can get a whole cheesecake or you can get multiple different flavors cut up into squares. And no, I'm not getting anything for mentioning this, but they're a small business and I like small businesses. So, yeah, yeah. Layla's in Burlington. You guys are great. Uh, How you doing, guys? It's Scott and Kat. It is the let's see here. Fuck, I said it like eight times this morning on the radio and I forgot already. Wednesday, the 24th of March. It is National Cheese Steak Day. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. You could still have a cheesecake if you want, though. I mean, now that Scott talked about it like that, who doesn't want one? Uh, Pats or Geno's, by the way, when we're talking cheesesteaks? I don't know. I'm not a big cheesecake person. You've never been to Philadelphia, I assume, have you? I have never been to Philadelphia, actually. Uh, It's shit. Like, you're really not missing anything. It's not a great city at all. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right that's good i'm okay then i'm glad then i was waiting for you to tell me like you gotta go to philly because you know usually uh, when conversations yeah. start that way it's got you gotta go okay so it's shit okay i know there's a lot of dirty parts of philly i know that sounds bad but even people in philadelphia will tell you there's like the sketch side you don't go to and then there's the places you do because i have heard that much yeah there, it's a couple of different cities all in one but not dissimilar from like toronto for example every right. big city's got problems yeah but one thing i will say though is they've got a couple of legendary cheesesteak places and i'm pretty sure it's pats and Geno's are the two that i've go to regularly anytime i find myself in philadelphia uh but i don't think anybody's going there today because the border is still closed why is the border still closed by the way i mean the americans want it open and it turns out a number of Canadians want it to stay closed. But is there really well, a danger at this point? Well, We're all in this together, aren't we? <laughs> well, it, in America, it's a little easier to say that because their vaccines are going in like crazy. So they're like, let's go. Let's do this. Let's let's move. But here, they're rolling out a lot slower. So I think we're, we're the ones that run the risk a lot more than the states, right? They should you be know? worried about us coming down there, yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. Uh, And you're right. The Americans are vaccinating like crazy. I mean, they're vaccinating shit that doesn't even need to be vaccinated. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're sticking it in like fucking trees and shit. There won't be any COVID anywhere in America in, in very long. But we have a an update here for you. Yesterday, 124,000 Canadians were vaccinated against COVID-19 and got their first shot. Am I crazy or does 124,000 not seem like a very big number? It doesn't. I know. It, it, I guess I guess when you put it that like when you look at the big number, like the big picture, it's not that much. When you're doing 124,000 a day and the vast majority of those were in Ontario, how on earth are we ever going to get this done by the first day of summer? Like I don't they think said. we are. I mean, I don't think we are. I think that the initial estimate to when each age group is going to get it is probably kind of bang on. Like, I don't assume I'm going to get mine till August or September. And that's dose one, by the way. I'm not talking about the second dose. Yeah. See me, I'm going to pull a scam or I'm going to do something. I mean, I'm willing to wait until the more vulnerable people have been vaccinated, but it's going to be a shit show once we get down to like below 50, I think. So anybody 50 plus, you should probably be priority for your vaccinations, regardless of what occupation you are or are not in. I'm glad they're going to vaccinate teachers because it seems like they're in a real mess. The schools have got so many outbreaks. Yesterday, we had 1,500 cases in Ontario, and 410 of them were linked to schools. Almost a third of yesterday's cases linked to the schools. It's nuts. So teachers, that's totally uh, fine. Education workers in general, you guys should get vaccinated regardless of your age. But I, like I said yesterday in the podcast, and a lot of people DM'd me about it, I think that uh, let's just take care of everybody over 50. And then we can go to some of those other higher risk areas or the people 40 plus. But I see it being a complete and total fucking gong show mm-hmm. once they say, OK, anybody 30 to 50 can get vaccinated. We're going to be fighting each other outside the clubs trying to get a shot. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> In any case, 124,000 Canadians were vaccinated yesterday. That means uh, 637,000 people in Canada. One Point seven percent of the population has been fully vaccinated. One point seven percent. Yeah, fully we're slowly vaccinated. getting there. It's slow. It's a slow crawl, man. It's a slow crawl. But I, I don't know. I, I've heard from a lot of people, too, that are still hesitant to to get the vaccine. And that's fine. That's I mean, it, it should be your choice. and It will Good. be your choice. You yeah. don't want it, everybody. You just no. you don't want it. You just say, all right, I'm checked out and let the rest of us who do get right in line. Well, and here's the thing, though, is I, I I hope that it gets to a certain point where all of those who do really want it and sh- should slash need it, right? So we're talking, let's vaccinate everybody that we just mentioned, right? Everybody uh, over a certain age group, everybody who has underlying symptoms and, and ha- whatever, the vulnerable. Fine. Great. Frontline. Great. After that, it shouldn't be so bad anyway, right? I mean, the death the death toll from COVID will have hopefully be re- reached zero, you know, or or very small amount of people. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, we sh- let's just get to the point where we can actually be vaccinated at a younger age and see what happens. A new poll by Leger in the Association for Canadian Studies has found most Canadians are worried about allowing visitors from America, so they don't want the border reopened. Seventy percent of respondents were either very or somewhat worried about allowing cross border travel. Only twenty six percent said they're not worried. But if you ask Americans, it's the exact opposite. Only 31% of Americans are worried. The rest, not worried at all. How bizarre is it that we don't want the border open, but they do, and they're the ones who have the most to lose? 
I think people just generally don't understand. Somebody texted us this morning on our FM radio show and said they shouldn't be allowing any planes to land. Welcome to two months ago. I mean, no, welcome to a year ago. Yeah, there's almost no infections coming from travel right now because you need to get tested when but if you they, if they were going to do that, they should have done it then. And it's too too little too late anyway. I think it's too late to call on that. That's so stupid. You know, mm. it's too late to call on that. I think we're, we're over that. And most people aren't going to aren't traveling anyway. And like you said, not a lot of the cases are coming from that. Have we heard a lot, by the way, about these uh, hotels that people are staying at? Because I haven't heard any stories recently. Nearest I can tell, people are still going to them begrudgingly, but they're not making a big deal of pointing out the ones that don't go. I think because they don't want to draw attention to the fact that you don't have to go. Right. You don't have to. If you're a Canadian citizen coming back to Canada, they can't force you into a fucking hotel. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny that they tried to they floated that out there and made it seem mandatory, even though it's not mandatory and completely unenforceable. It's kind of crazy, actually. Um the Ontario College of Family Physicians cat says an uptake in the province's COVID vaccination program could increase to nearly 90 percent if more doctors were involved. They found 60 percent of those who are vaccine hesitant were more likely to get immunized if their family doctor endorsed or administered the shot. Okay, okay. I mean, they're only talking about seniors here, right? I, I have I, to I think they're so. only talking about seniors. I'm not at the point where I'm talking to my doctor. You know, I go in and talk to my doctor right now, let's say. Let's say I had an appointment today. She's not mentioning it because I'm, I'm not anywhere close. But if I am 80 years old and I am there, then yeah, I, I would imagine that that's exactly what they're talking about. And there's a lot of people that are scared to, to get it, even at 80 plus. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're scared about it, you've heard something that made you scared about it. And I don't know that your doctor is necessarily going to talk you out of it. But I mean, hey, whatever. We'll see. Uh, I don't know that we can start sending these to family doctors because once we start sending these vaccines out willy nilly to here, there and everywhere, a lot of shit can go wrong with that. And when it comes to doctors, I wonder how much they get paid for one appointment. Like somebody walks in the door and boom, they bill OHIP. How much would they be making to administer those shots? That's what I'm wondering, why the Ontario College of Family Physicians is so insistent that doctors be included. Is there a reason for that other than money that uh, you can think of? Money is what makes the world go round, you know, so it's most most of the time that's that's your answer. I don't know. I'm still wondering why so many family doctors closed up shop during the height of the pandemic. There's a lot of family doctors who wouldn't take patients. Yeah. Why the fuck are you a doctor if you don't want to see patients during a pandemic? Like, that's when we need you the most. Most people couldn't even get an appointment. So I don't know how eager the government is to ship these off to every family doctor all of a sudden now that things are getting better. But uh, here we are. Finally, Kat, it's budget day in Ontario. I think we're going to be broke. Just flat out fucking broke. The finance minister, Peter Bethan, Bethan Falvey. I can never get used to saying that guy's name. He says Ontario will not cut any provincial services and will not raise taxes. Well, all that means, though, then is that spending is going to continue to go up. We know that. And if they're not raising taxes, then we're just going to keep borrowing. Speaking of borrowing, the federal government has announced April 19th is going to be their first budget. This is so shady, Kat. It's so fucking shady. Why? What's up? I'll tell you why. Um, First off, they say uh, they're going to explain their spending through the pandemic so far and how we ended up with a $400 billion deficit. That's not our debt. That's just the amount we're spending versus what we're bringing in. A deficit of four hundred billion, and they will increase it by seventy to a hundred billion more dollars in this upcoming budget. April nineteenth gives them a chance to to release the budget. 
And then after they release the budget, there's got to be some debate. And then there's going to be a vote. And we all know the conservatives are not going to support that budget. The block likely will not support that budget. So again, watch this happen, everybody. Block won't support it. Conservatives won't support it. Then it comes down to the NDP again, who either will support it. And I don't know. I don't know why they would, why they keep propping up the liberals or they can say they're not going to support it. And then that throws us into an election in June. And everybody knows we're going to have an election in June. This is Trudeau taking a poison pill. Yeah, I'm going to put out this outrageous budget with spending that we can never pay off. Go ahead. Bring me down because he wants to vote. He wants to have an election because he's going for a majority. He knows that the conservatives are fairly vulnerable right now. And Aaron O'Toole is not making an impact whatsoever. Not one bit. They're actually down in the polls with a new leader. So he wants an election, and that's exactly why. So this budget, I mean, careful what you wish for, Justin. You can put out this budget, but if you actually win, you got to put all that shit into place. No, I mean, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, they've been promising uh, uh, universal dental care for what my entire adult life. Child care? How long have they been promising that? We still don't have it. But they can float all these things out there and never do it. That goes along with exactly what I'm going to say. It's one of those, do you hate the player or do you hate the game? It is the way it is. There's nothing that goes against the rules of it. And until shit changes, you can do that. And that's fine. And you get away with it. So I don't know. Do we hate on that or do we hate that he found a way to do it? Or is finding a way or figuring out a way to do it to get that majority that he also craves? But the problem is integrity, Kat, and, and there has to be some, well, there used to be some integrity. You've The system hasn't changed. It's been integrity the same way for- Integrity in politics? That's funny. But it's been the same way for hundreds of years, and you could sort of take somebody at their word that, hey, when we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And if they don't, you vote them out. But we've got this system set up right now where the conservatives keep electing unelectable leaders, so they're never going to win. And then you've got the NDP, who's also never going to win, and they're just going to play spoiler here, there, and everywhere. The liberals are the natural governing party of Canada. That's just the way it is. But they don't actually have to do anything of the things they promise. I mean, case in point, the other thing on the calendar today is National Pay Equity Day. What was it, two elections ago they promised pay equity and we still don't have it? The fuck is that? It's crazy to me. In any case, uh, that's a little look into the politics of the world. Today is a big day for Raptors fans because tomorrow is the NBA trade deadline. Did you hear those reports that Pascal Siakam said something pretty offside to Nick Nurse and the team fined him 50 grand? Yeah, I wonder what I want to know everything when it comes to stories like this. I need to know everything. Like, tell me exactly what was said. Who said what to who? Like, who was in the room? I want to know everything. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of information. But yeah, I'm hearing all of those whispers. So it, it seems to me when they were coming off the court in Cleveland after they lost a game they should have won, Siakam said something to Nurse. And Nurse, you can, if you watch the video, if that is actually the point where he said it, you can see him look over and then look straight back and continue walking. I wonder if that was it or if it was some other point. But Siakam apparently said something. If you cross the head coach like that, maybe you disagree with a personnel decision or a line that he put out or a play that he wanted to run. Okay. All right, I guess you're allowed to do it, but at the end of the day, coach is the coach. I think most people are probably going to side with Nick Nurse in that sense, aren't they? Um, I think so, but again, that's why I say I need to know exactly what was said. I need to know. I need to know that. 
to know more about it. Well, the team hasn't confirmed it, but if he did say something and they find him $50,000 for it, it had to have been pretty offside. Yeah. Like, that's more than just, you know, I don't think we should have run that play at the end of the game. Right. It had to have been more right. than that for them to find him 50 k right. I don't know what it was, but I'm right there with you. I want to know. But then the question remains, at the NBA trade deadline here, Raptors are not going anywhere this season so far. I mean, they've lost nine in a row. The report is that Kyle Lowry and Norm Powell are going to get traded in the next 24 hours. Yeah, that's the thing that makes me nervous. And Kyle, this this report about Kyle's been around, I think, longer than the other ones had, maybe, or maybe it's just what I, from what I've read, but it all started uh, well before he put his house up for sale. But, I mean, the, the, the sale of his house, that it was sold, is... A lot of a lot of indicators that he is going to move, and he said before, like, don't listen to some of this baloney, right? But I think that that just means that you hadn't signed anything at the time. So you calling it like hogwash basically doesn't really mean anything either. And until tomorrow comes along, I can't see the Raptors letting Kyle go. I mean, I don't think they're expecting much in return for him. I mean, I think if they're going to move him, the only place they would move him out of respect to Kyle and what he's done for Toronto is to Philadelphia. They would move him home and he could finish his career as a sixer. Actually, he might even have a shot at winning a championship if he goes to Philadelphia. He could get another ring. It's possible. But anyway, he uh, if he does go, it likely will be to Philadelphia. And Philadelphia knows that they don't have to give up much in order to get him if they even want him. I don't know. I mean, there was a time when they were trying to give us back Vince Carter. And although it would have been great for the fans, the team was like, uh, no, right. we're good. We're yeah. Good. He doesn't yeah. really fit, you know? <laughs> yeah. At that point, it was like, nah. Imagine having to give away Kyle Lowry for hardly anything. But that's the way that could go down. Norm Powell is the most consistent performer on the Toronto Raptors right now. And we might have to get rid of him. But both he and Kyle are going to be free agents next season. Yeah. Actually, I guess that's another possibility. They could trade Kyle anywhere, and next year he could re-sign with Philadelphia. But in any case, it's uh, an <laughs> it's a write-off of a Raptors season, it seems, anyway. Not, the guys haven't played a single game at home this year. Not one. It's not, uh, go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go. <laughs> yeah, go Leafs, go. Hey, go I'm Leafs, not giving go. up on the Raptors. I mean, if they prove no. me wrong, I'll admit it, but yeah. it's tough to watch right now. I mean, it's fucking painful. But how about them Jays? <laughs> <laughs> Would you trade Siakam? Sorry, that was my question. Would you get rid of him because oh, he had this fallout with Nick Nurse? Because he had the fallout? I mean, I think that we know if, if it was bad enough, and like you suggested, possibly it is really bad. Let's say what he said, what happened, was that toxic, I guess I'll, I'll use that toxic word, that it, it will impact their relationship so much so that it might impact Siakam's game? Yeah, maybe. Because I don't think Nick Nurse is going to be the one to leave. Yeah, I don't think Nick's going anywhere. So, I, mean, <laughs> I think out of the two, if if the the relationship is that tarnished, and sometimes that happens, and especially in sports, we hear of this all the time. If it's that tarnished, then there's got to be a change made. So I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm not going to miss him. I'm really not. He was really, really good when Kawhi was here, but when he had to step up and be the man, I mean, he had a real slow start to this season. And I mean, now he's... It's fine. He's not a standout superstar in the league, but he's definitely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else is out there. If it was that bad and it's going to create issues down the line. One thing I will say, though, is I don't think Nick Nurse is the type to hold a grudge. I think he's the kind of guy who, depending on what was said, would likely accept a quick apology and let's just get back to normal and forget it ever happened. Right. Which is great. That's really good. Bailey's has introduced a new product. 
You're a Bailey's girl, I think, aren't you? Special uh, occasions, uh, Sunday mornings? It's, no. Um, I used to every now and again. Not as much anymore, though. Too much sugar. It's too much sugar, too and fuck, is it ever high in calories. But it's delicious. So Bailey's releases different flavors from time to time, and their new one is Bailey's Pina Colada. Mm, I don't, they say it's... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, like, my first instinct is to be like, anything that sounds like the fruity and creamy mix, not for me. They say it would be great on ice. It would be good in a cocktail, shaken, or drizzle it over vanilla ice cream. Uh, and that was where they won me over. You know, if I had some vanilla ice cream with some pina colada Baileys drizzled on top, that might actually be fucking delicious. What, when did it get to the point where, like, a dessert can't just be a dessert? we got to pour fucking alcohol on it, too. Well, it's like sex, right? I mean, you've got something that's great. Sex is fantastic. But as good as it is, you're always trying to find new ways to make it better. Ice cream's a great example. Ice cream is delicious on its own. And if you offered me a bowl, I'd probably take it. But if you tell me I can have ice cream with whatever on top, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I want that because regular ice cream is no longer good enough. Same concept. (laughs) So with this, though, I'll I'll tell you, I don't drink Bailey's very often. It's usually like a Christmas morning kind of deal. Yeah. When I'm trying to, you know how you've got to uh, uh, have a couple of soft ones before you get into the hardcore drinking later on? Right. Yeah. You ease yourself into it on a whole day drink. And that's a good way to get into it. Salted caramel Bailey's. Is my favorite. Ooh, see, now that's something I could get more into is salted caramel. Yeah. Salted caramel. Drink it over ice. It's fantastic. But I am curious, uh, curious <laughs> about this Bailey's Colada. Uh, you can see the bottle and read all about it right now at scottandcat.ca. Also up there, video of a brawl that broke out on an American Airlines flight. It had just landed in Phoenix. It was two women that actually went to blows. Over who was going to get to D plane first? Call for law enforcement. Call for law enforcement. Oh my God. Get off. Get off. Oh, okay. So it's been a while since we've been on a plane, all of us, most of us, okay? That is like the worst moment is once we're all landed, not, sometimes before the seatbelt sign even goes off, but when the seatbelt sign goes off, when people start standing up, grabbing their stuff, and like it's like they're ready to fucking go. It's like they're Donovan goddamn Bailey on a line in the Olympics. Like, fucking let's go! Just waiting. Pushing their way through and shoving. I hate that part. That moment, it'll go to show you the type of person that, that people are. You know what I mean? So the, these people that fought over it, obviously terrible people. Obviously terrible people. I hate those people. I'm the one of those people. You do that? Like, you grab your bag, you stand up, you wait in the aisle, and you're just basically, like, just rearing to go. I do it for a couple of different reasons. Number one, when I booked that flight, I did not book that flight for the opportunity to stand in an aisle while a whole bunch of slow pokes fuck around and, oh, where did I put my coat? Oh, oh, where did I put my bag? Is it in this overhead? Is it in that overhead? Just, just sit the fuck down. If you don't know where you are or what day it is or where you put your jacket or where your bag is, then sit down until everyone else is out of the way. But some of us have places to go and we've got to get there. I don't want to stand on a plane any longer than you do. And if it's an international flight, I know exactly how long that line is going to be at customs once the rest of that plane lets out. So I want to get to customs as quickly as possible because I'm not paying to stand in line or in an airport. I want to go. 
And if you want to take your time, no problem. In the same way that people who have different uh, physical abilities are allowed to get on the plane first, they're also asked to wait to get off the plane if they need assistance. Great. You just sort of know that, okay, I'm going to let these hundred people go. Then it's going to be my turn to get off the plane. Okay. Well, I want to go. So thank you for waiting. If you want to join me in the let's get out of the fucking airport club, then come on, get your shit organized and let's go. If you want to just fuck around and dilly dally, do whatever it is, then sit there. Wait, wait. You don't have to rush if you don't want to rush. I personally want to get off the plane. Sure. It's a difference, though. I'm sure you're not elbowing people and shit like that. Like some people are so intense. Sure. I don't understand how you can put your bag in the overhead, sit down in your seat, and then when the plane lands, have absolutely no clue where you put your bag. But it happens on every single flight. It's crazy to me. In any case, uh, we could probably fight for hours about travel. <laughs> totally. Do you remember, though? Isn't it funny how, like, it's a distant memory now, at least for mm-hmm. me, especially? I was like, I don't remember the last time I had that issue. But it is always one of those things that gets brought up. So, okay, the video's online. Check it out. I have canceled seven flights since the pandemic began. Seven. I've had to cancel. Open the fucking border up. <laughs> like, let's go. And you know what? Even if you say it's uh, uh, it's not for leisure travel, but it's also not for essential travel, just find a nice little in-between and I'll find a way to squeak through the cracks. But at least open the border and don't make you quarantine for two weeks when you get back. Or sell the shots. You know how much money the airports and the airlines could make if they had a whole bunch of shots? And yeah, if you want to travel, sure, you got to get this and you can go to this place to get your shot. It'll cost you, I don't know, 200 bucks. I'll pay the 200 bucks. Let's fucking go. Isn't that funny how when it comes to free health care, like you don't you're not going to fight it. Oh, until it comes to this. Like, fine, I'll pay for it. Fuck, fuck it. I, I do, though, think that we should have the opportunity to pay. You know, the amount of people that need an MRI, it's crazy that they end up going at like three o'clock in the morning to a hospital in Leamington to get an MRI because that's all we can do when you can just go across the border. Well, when it's open, you can go across the border to Buffalo and get an MRI today and it costs you 250 to 300 bucks. Well, some of them are cheaper. Yes, but most things are not cheap. No, they're not necessarily cheap, but the fact that you can get faster service, I'm here for it. I don't mind paying. I really don't. I okay. uh, That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I suppose so. But I know that there's some people who are fiercely protective of, no, healthcare must remain free. I agree with you. Healthcare should remain free. But there should be an option to have some private facilities available oh, too. see that's where you get a lit that's where you get a little funny there because but there should be doing, no because a lot of people <laughs> would argue that what you're doing is basically discriminating against those who can't actually afford it right well it's a two-tier system and listen no matter what our taxes a major chunk of them go to health care uh, me I, i'm one of those people who goes to the doctor once a year once a year i'll get like a sinus infection or something and i'm They write me up a prescription for antibiotics and I'm on my way. That's good. I don't use nearly as much as I put into the system and I'm willing to use even less. You know what? I won't go to my family doctor. Somebody else can have my spot. I'll actually pay to get into another doctor. I'll pay. Take me right out of the system. What's wrong with that? I don't know why people would be complaining that other people are willing to withdraw from the system. But we can't. Anyway, like you said, there's a lot more to it. That's a very simplified uh, version of why I think we should have a two-tiered system. But I'll explain that in another podcast on a slow day or something like that. 
Uh, quickly with the cereal here, mm-hmm. Cinnamon Toast Crunch seems to be on everybody's timeline today. It's the cinnamon toastiest part of this complete breakfast. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, I uh, I was following this a little bit yesterday, and it, this story gets crazier and crazier. So what happened was, there's a guy named Jensen Karp, and he's a comedian writer. He tweeted out and shared on Twitter photos of what he believed were shrimp tails in his box of cereal. And he did tag... Uh, cinnamon Toast Crunch squares on on Twitter. That's what they are. And he says, um, CTC squares, why are there shrimp tails in my cereal? And he put in brackets, this is not a bit, because he tends to tweet out funny things and jokey things. Um, so they reply, after further investigation with our team that examined this image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients don't thoroughly get blended. We assure you there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp, okay? So he posts another photo closer up and says, after further examination with my eyes, I can tell you (laughs) these are cinnamon-coated shrimp tails, you weirdos. I wasn't that mad until you tried to gaslight me. So this is the very, this is just the beginning. So... As a lot of people are pointing out, and lots of social media users are, are criticizing the brand for kind of their willy-nilly, oh, it's just this, calm down. Because as you, most people know, I think, if you have a shrimp allergy, this is deadly. So the discoveries didn't stop there, though, because when his wife got home, she started investigating more. She has a stronger stomach, he said, so she opened up the other bag. Also found that it seemed like the bag might have been contaminated with... There may have been rodent droppings in and possibly baked on some of the pieces and some kind of dental floss inside the second bag. Now, what blew people's minds the most is that his wife played Topanga on Boy Meets World. This is Danielle Fischel's husband that made this discovery. So getting on with the story, the company that asked him to send the alleged shrimp tails, they say, and all packaging so I can investigate. So he started sharing the private DMs between he and the company and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, They say, our team reached out to you by phone. We left a voicemail. We wanted to set up a time to have FedEx stop by and pick up all of the items you found and the packaging. We need a three to four hour window, blah, 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 continues. So then he responds with, I won't be giving you the stuff, especially last I heard from you. uh, It was supposed to be an envelope you'd send and now it's FedEx. And your tweet calling it sugar was super weird. The fact that you haven't said anything to the contrary doesn't allow me to trust you with it at all. You're being super sketchy and odd when this was a very easy PR response to make people feel assured that you care and you care about your products. You can email me for further correspondence. And by the way, there's no voicemail. You left me seven seconds of silence. So that's what he shared uh, personally, what happened in the DMs. So then he says, after that correspondence, they didn't talk to him for hours. He got nothing from them. So he ends it with, I have no idea how this stuff got, this stuff got in my cereal bags, and neither does that CTC Squares. It definitely could have been contaminated in the Costco that he purchased it at, and he did share eventually where he got it from. But he says it doesn't describe or doesn't explain the, the squares with black stuff cooked on it or the sugar coating on the shrimp. And it does look like cinnamon basically cinnamon-coated shrimp. Uh, My point is their initial reaction to shellfish being in the bag was to me uh, to tell me that it was sugar. And they offered him a voucher. 
<laughs> which is terrible. Uh, they did not seem to matter that beyond offering me a new box, uh, many people have a deadly allergy to this, and it's also non-kosher. I am now going to test the DNA of the shrimp tail. So I hope everyone is happy. Uh, so there's going to be updates to this, no doubt. So a company actually reached out to him, a lab, that offered him a private uh, DNA testing of the shrimp. So he went there in person, In this is in L.A., went there in person to deliver the goods so that they could do it. And if this turns out to be shrimp tails, obviously they need to say something. And by the way, they did end up releasing a statement Um they basically said that they, uh, it says, well, we are still investigating the matter. We can say with confidence, this did not occur at our facility. We're waiting on the customer to send us package to investigate further. Any customers who notice their cereal box bag has been tampered with, such as the clear tape that was found in this case, should contact us. So, okay, but that's the response they should have sent from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's sketchy, right? The fact that they just tried to, bro- that's the part that's the issue is I guarantee you this moved its way up the chain, but it started with the bottom of the chain and the bottom of the chain was to say, you guys, it's just sugar clumps. Leave it alone. No, like you have as much as you don't want to, as much as you, it might annoy you, or maybe you're on the clock and you're almost off the clock and you don't want to answer this. It matters how you respond and look, and now this is blown up everywhere. This is yeah. blowing up. So it's kind of messed up that they the initial reaction was, oh, we believe this is just uh, clumps of sugar. It looks like a shrimp tail. Like, there's no denying that it looks like a shrimp tail. It is not a clump of sugar. You can see the photos. Plus, the floss was in there. Some people think, oh, maybe a rodent was trying to nest in the bag. It's not their fault. But they're saying, no, like, we're getting a DNA lab to test because it looks like this stuff was baked on. And if so, that is the facility. It's crazy. Um, one tweet that came in before we start, before we discuss further what you guys found in your food, which is nasty. Uh, somebody summed this up nicely on Twitter. A man named Carp married a woman named Fischl. He found shrimp tails in a box of cinnamon toast crunch. The cereal was purchased at a Costco on Topanga Canyon Boulevard. His wife played Topanga in Boy Meets World. Meantime, Carp used to be a guest on a podcast called Pistol Shrimp. That's no, fucked up. That's right? a weird similarity. Isn't that crazy? But yeah. uh, I, I again, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and and any other company. If you have a big enough following, if you are a big enough brand, you make sure that you have people working your socials that aren't just social media people that give blank answers. You need someone with. And I don't mean to say that people running social have a brain in their head when it comes to this at all. You should have enough of an indicator of like, wow, this is kind of a big deal. If this is the case. Let's take this seriously. Because the initial reaction is what really blew up. He wasn't even going to say anything else if they had said to him, this is serious. We take this seriously. Um, give us this information and we're going to look into this. It wasn't like that. It was, a, I'm going to brush you off or gaslight him as he likes to put it. People have got to stop using the term gaslighting because most people don't understand what gaslighting is. So that's off topic, though. Uh, When it comes to this particular story, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the person at the company. And I think that when you're a big multi-million dollar company and you put out packaged products like that, food, you've probably been accused a number of times of different things. And sometimes it's legit. In this case, I don't doubt that that guy found a shrimp tail in his cinnamon toast crunch. I don't doubt it. But I'm sure that there are some people who think that their easy way to a payday is to do stuff. I think we've all heard stories about people that will intentionally put stuff in their food to try and get stuff Mm -hmm. for free. That does happen. 
So from the company's perspective, I'm sure that crossed their mind a little bit because they didn't know who this guy was. They just said, look at this. I found shrimp tails in my cinnamon toast crunch. So they've got two options there. They can say, oh, my God, that's that's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Send us the story. But then it almost kind of looks like they're admitting it or using your head. You can think to yourself, that's fucking impossible. We have no shrimp here at the factory where we make cinnamon toast crunch. There's no shrimp in the building. So the fact that there's shrimp tails in there is impossible. This is somebody who's trying to fuck with us or trying to scam us. So I'm thinking that's the way they were thinking, but what they weren't thinking is how that response would be perceived to all of the other people. I also think it's a little shady that he took their direct message conversation and posted it. If you're having a if they were having a private conversation trying to work it out, right? Not, and he said, fuck you, I'm going to put it out there for everybody. Well, see, and that's not really the way that I see it. Because you're a public, you're a company, people purchase your products all the time. You can't, unless you're getting someone's personal information, right? Which is what was happening here. And that's okay. I don't actually think it, Cinnamon Toast Crunch did anything bad by DMing him. Him posting it should be fine. They should say nothing in the DMs that makes it not okay to have out publicly. Right. In my opinion. So, no, I don't think that it was sketchy of him to, to do that because that's a company. You're, you're Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Whoever's running that is is your brand. So that is your brand. Your DMs are your brand as much as your tweets are your brand. But isn't there a sort of an expectation that if I'm having a one-on-one conversation, it's a one-on-one conversation? If I'm tweeting them, I know they probably could screenshot it and tweet it out to everybody. But, I mean, that's... You wouldn't want someone to do that if you're trying to resolve the problem. Well, you've you've taken the conversation private. Why would you want or even expect that the other person would make it public? It's already been tainted, though. At this point, the relationship was already tarnished. You know what I mean? And the the DMs didn't help at all because they claimed that he'd given him a voicemail and it didn't. And it was his easy way of being like, look, guys, full transparency is basically what he wanted to do. Full transparency. This is what's happening to me. And he wanted basically the receipts. Uh, for when when shit goes down. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So how could they have avoided all of this mess? Unless this is some elaborate promo to bring back a reboot of Boy Meets World. <laughs> Again? Um, <laughs> again, we already had one of those. It failed. But I, I think this is their way of putting prizes back in the cereal boxes. Shrimp tail. <laughs> <laughs> like, delicious. I love a shrimp tail. Um, yeah, you know what? Good question. So if this happened to a company, what's the proper way to do it? Uh, act like you give a fuck. Like, that's the answer, Scott. Act like you care. Because their initial response didn't. Uh, upon further investigation, it's sugar clumps. Upon investigation of what? A fucking photo? That's not you investigating. Looking at a photo is not an investigation. They didn't even ask for the packaging first. They just completely brushed him off. So there was the mistake. I think that was the number one mistake of trying to brush you off. It's just fuck off, guy. It's sugar. It's sugar crumbles. No, it's not sugar crumbles. It's a goddamn shrimp tail. This is ridiculous. So that was the problem. I think taking it seriously from the beginning and saying, this is a serious matter. We are looking into this thoroughly. Um, can you tell us where you purchased the product? Can you give us information? Act like you give a shit instead of, it's sugar. It's just clumps of sugar, you moron, is basically what they tried to say. And that, that stirs shit up. I guess I'm just thinking that from the guy's perspective, yeah, shrimp in your cereal, that's obviously not supposed to be there. Uh, He decided not to contact the company directly. He decided to tweet them about it. Let's make this public from the start. Okay, 
then from the company's perspective, there is no shrimp in this facility. Like, that's impossible. This is somebody who's just trying to scam us. So they were a little, they came off a little cold, and that was probably where they went wrong there. But I don't blame the person for being a little skeptical. Like, you try and think of an explanation for, okay, well, that can't be shrimp because we don't have shrimp here. The only thing it could possibly be is sugar. The only thing. That's the only explanation for that. Right. Now, as it turns out, there is another explanation in that that box probably was tampered with, probably at the store level. Yeah. So it, yeah. it didn't really have anything to do with Cinnamon Toast Crunch unless they actually did, I don't know, have a rat get into it. And like you said, I mean, that's a possibility. Totally. But- that's a possibility with any kind of food, by the way. And I know that nobody wants to hear that, but it happens. I mean, in warehouses everywhere, they have to kill rodents constantly or birds come and shit on products or whatever it might be. That happens all the time in factories. It's just one of those things that they have to deal with. So it is possible. The question is, the I think to me, the key here is, was it baked on? If it's baked on, it happened during production. It happened in the facility. If it's not baked on and the DNA and the, I don't know what it's called, DNA result, the result, the lab result shows that, oh, this happened post-production. Okay, that's a different story. That, absolutely. That could be a, a rat uh, went out, found some shrimp tails, brought it back to his nest, which was a box of cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> which, by the way, I'd love to live there too. Like, I don't even, I don't even hate on that because I would live in a box of cinnamon toast crunch too. But there was dental floss, possibly, or whatever that stringy substance is in both bags. So something's weird with that. I, I mean, to me, I think it's probably tampering. Uh, I don't know why the shrimp tails are cinnamon coated, though. See, there's a lot of questions. So once they get those answers, we'll tell you. I'll update you on the podcast tomorrow if they get the results that quick. And It, it uh, almost we'll sounds like somebody swept the floor at Costco and yeah. just emptied it into a box of Cinnamon yes. Toast Crunch. Honestly, it does, though. It, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's just pieces of floss with fucking rat shit and, like, fucking gross. Uh, so we will uh, keep you updated. My favorite, though, is the amount of people that do find shit in their food. Yeah, we ask that on our FM radio show today because I know this is a common thing and you don't always hear about them. Well, because not everybody's got that celebrity status on Twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. So some of them just sort of get lost in social media wasteland. Yeah. So we asked people this morning, what have you personally found in your shit? This person says staples in their pasta at a restaurant. That's a uh, weird one. How would staples? Well, actually, I guess there is a stapler because they staple the receipt to the bag for takeout orders. There's absolutely there's that. Um, also, there's a lot of like management offices that are beside the kitchen. Um, oh, that yeah. happens. Yep. When I was a kid, my mom found a fake fingernail in a frozen dinner. Dude, that's gross. Ew. Like, Could you imagine me the person working the line, for example, in that factory going, uh, oh, where'd my fucking pinky nail go? <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. It's you in know, cat food. When you think about that sort of thing, um, hair, fingernails Uh are the grossest things you could probably find off of a human. So gross. I know. It's just something about that. It just really, really, really grosses me out, too. I think most of us would agree with that. Um, Someone says, I was eating at a restaurant. I had a pasta dish with roasted red pepper, and I found the produce sticker still attached to my pepper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay, but I mean, I get you can wash the pepper and the sticker doesn't necessarily come off. I mean, before you slice it, take the fucking sticker off. But that was probably an oversight by an employee. Oh, my God. When I was a kid. This, or a machine. Or a machine. Quite possible. When I was a kid, my mom found maggots inside of my check cereal, someone said. Ew. That's gross. Even that, maggots don't like checks. It's fucking gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> flies, like I fucking hate flies, Scott. And flies can ruin everything real quick with that. Just drop some, drop off some eggs, and next thing you know, you got maggots floating around your food. It's just disgusting. Um, someone found a spider. Oh, this is so gross. Oh, I can't. Uh, pack of cherry tomatoes had bird poo once, and a green pepper. I cut it open. There was a spider's nest inside. Wow. That's, that's next level for me. I can't. I would never have a pepper again. Like, it would ruin it. Uh, bottom of my restaurant Caesar salad once, I legit ran to the washroom to vomit. I found an earwig. Ew. Oh, my God. The bugs uh, are the worst. Uh, it's making, like, I'm actually itching. It's gross. I grabbed a burger once, uh, got home to realize there were ants fried onto the fries I was eating. I did bring it back to the location. They tried to deny it, saying there's no way it could have happened. After a bit of convincing, I was refunded my money and given free food for my next order. I mean, well, I mean that's possible. You can't say that ants in a fast food restaurant can't find their way into the deep fryer. I'm sure it could happen. I, I think a lot of these big companies are a little gun shy about admitting any wrongdoing because it seems like everybody wants to sue them. And there is that general feeling. I mean, it's amazing how many people probably... I don't know, found an earwig in their Caesar salad and instantly thought, cha-ching, I'm rich, bitch. Yeah. Sue their asses off. In reality, it's a very long, complicated, drawn out process. And you're probably not going to be a millionaire for that. I mean, stuff happens. And I think restaurants and those big multinational companies would be a lot more likely to admit it and try and make it right. Fairly, if people didn't have that unrealistic expectation that because they found a fingernail in their frozen dinner, they're going to get a $20 million payout. Quality control at these places, too, is tight and they keep records. And there's reasons why they keep records, why they have surveillance, why they do all those things. And they spend a ton of money every single year on quality control so that they can't get sued for stuff like this so that they can say, "Okay, this is what happened or we put everything in place. It wasn't our fault. And, and they do a good job. All the bigger companies, they do have that. Um, this is the one that gets me. We are like running so late on this one. But I will mention this one because this always surprises me that people are surprised shit like this happens. I bought some venison summer sausage. There were buckshot pellets in it. <laughs> Look, are we that naive? Because I have seen it also before. And not that I'm saying it's right that you're dipping into your you know, chicken strips and you find a chicken beak. Like, I'm not saying it's right, but can you just remember what you're eating? You're eating chicken. Yeah. Like you're eating. You can't complain that your chicken has chicken in it. Yeah. Like your chicken has chicken and you won't question anything else that you put in your face. Probably if you're having chicken fingers at a fast food restaurant, but you will complain about a beak. Like you realize the beak was attached to the meat that you're eating too. You know, yeah. it always surprises me. And, and I'm not saying that that's not gross. Don't get me wrong. If I, if I found that, it would gross me out. Absolutely. But also, it is chicken. That's, you, you, don't think, you think it just fucking chicken breasts grow on trees? They don't. The shot ending up in, <laughs> in the venison sausage. I mean, do you think the deer just fucking walked into the butcher shop? Obviously, they had to kill it. In order to chop it all up. And if some shot ended up in there, it's unfortunate, but it happens. If you're going to eat meat, you should acknowledge the fact that you're eating an animal that was killed That's for you thing, to right? eat it. Doesn't it make you like, t- like, it makes you think about it for a second. Like, wait a minute. This is, this was an animal first. Like this, this lived, this was living at one point. It had a nose and a mouth and eyes like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It People did. seem so shocked by that sometimes. 
Um, okay. Thank you for all the texts that came into our show and the ones that will inevitably come in after this podcast. We appreciate it. We'll try and read some DMs again before the week is out. Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to do. It'll take me one minute. Exactly. 26 year old. He's in DC may have come up with the perfect way to get a date on Tinder. Perfect way. He posted a recipe. He said, Hey, if you want to, I want you to come over so I can make you some fries. I'm going to buy some low moisture Yukon gold potatoes. I'm going to boil them. Then I'm going to refrigerate them overnight in different water from the water. I boiled them in. Then I'm going to fry them in vegetable oil for seven to eight minutes. Then I'm going to let them cool for a while and toss them in some Cajun seasoning. Then I'm going to fry them again. I'm going to serve them to you with a gourmet sauce. They will be the best and crunchiest fries you've ever had in your entire life. You won't even know what happened. Wow. I'd be kind of interested. If I read, if some girl sent that to me, I'd think, I really want to try these fucking fries. That sounds delicious. That's, very, that's more detailed than most menus I read. Jesus. He said it worked. Okay. First girl he tried it on. Oh they had a Zoom date and they're going to meet in person because she really wants the fries. I'm sorry. Was that the intro? Like, was that the, that was that the icebreaker? Yep. That's brilliant. You know what, guys? Guys and girls, you're, if you're on one of those dating apps, can you please... Try this and tell us how that goes and make it whatever, whatever your specialty is. I don't care. It doesn't have to be fries. This guy went over for, with fries. I'm sorry, but they're one of the easiest things to cook. So could you imagine you actually do like a really good, pretty, um, tedious kind of recipe and you do it really well and describe that to the person? Do it, guys. Do it. What a creative way to get laid. I, I mean, I'm always amazed at what guys come up with. This one is fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hey, newsflash. Everybody gets hungry. If you can catch them at the right time with a great sound and fry recipe, hey, you're good. Hey, you're golden. Hey, guess what I have? Box of cinnamon toast crunch with shrimp tails in it, baby. <laughs> Your name on it. Come take a crunch. I have a shrimp ring downstairs in my freezer. I'm going to check it to see if there's any cinnamon toast crunch in no, it. No, you know what? Just straight up pour that, pour that in a bowl and put some milk over it. You know what? This went long and we didn't even get a chance to talk about how much Coke Mama June's Ah, doing. Fuck. We can keep it for tomorrow, maybe. We'll see. We'll try and talk about that tomorrow. Basically, she's skiing, guys. She's spending a million dollars on Coke. Fuck. Fuck's sake. Have a great Wednesday. Happy hump day. And here's hoping you get to. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another edition of After 9. In Russia, Vladimir Putin got his COVID vaccine. Yep, by getting the vaccine, Putin made history as the first Russian to get injected with something and live to talk about it. Russian President Vladimir Putin received the coronavirus vaccine today. He wanted to do it weeks ago, but they had to wait for the healthcare worker's hand to stop shaking. Listen to this. A new study found that on average, people gain two pounds per month during quarantine. Keep in mind, some of that weight is just layers of sweatpants that are now melded to your body. A group of former Jeopardy winners and contestants recently published an open letter calling on producers to remove talk show host Dr. Oz as guest host, which is a shame. If anything, Dr. Oz needs more access to the correct answers. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.